0: Hi friends, welcome to another episode of The Everyday Grind, where we have short conversations on solving common challenges that we face every day, share our experiences, learn from each other, and stay away of events going on around us. I'm your host, William Obiana. And at the end of the episode, if you would like to share your thoughts on the topic, please feel free to drop a chat on Twitter and Instagram at William Obiana. So let's get right into it. So on March 11th, Silicon Valley Bank crashed. Now, Silicon Valley Bank has been popular among tech companies because they issue loans to startups so they can grow their business. Now, this crash has become the second largest bank failure in US history and it has made depositors panic and begin to withdraw their money because they were worried that the bank has some financial instability. Now, this has actually made the bank's shares to fall more than 60%. For a big bank, this is not so great because Silicon Valley had almost half of all of the US venture-backed companies as their customers. This is great for business for them because interest rates were low at that time. Now, however, as the interest rates have begun to rise since the last year, the deposits has reduced so not so many VC companies are beginning to adding more money into this bank and because of this, some of their assets like their Treasury bonds that they hold which is uh, loans that they've given to the government, they begin to depreciate in value because they were buying these bonds with customers money. As a result of this, the government felt in some way, obligated to help them out, so the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, also known as FDIC, had to take control of the customers' deposits for this bank. Now they had said that depositors were guaranteed to receive up to $250,000 per account from the FDIC, but they will have to wait. Silicon Valley has sold off some of their assets so they can actually get more money to give to the customers so basically this means because different customers have different amounts some in the millions potentially in billions they would have to prioritize to know which customers they would give money first and this is going to mean that some customers who have lower money in the bank might not be able to see any of their money they may have to be depending on any of their payroll activities to get more money into their accounts or take out more money from the bank so what was not expected was that this was spread over to Europe where a big banking crisis was just avoided in Switzerland in one of the big banks Credit Suisse they were in trouble and they could have almost collapsed and if they had collapsed this would have caused a lot of problems in the Swiss financial system because some other smaller banks were dependent on them so what ended up happening was that the Swiss government had to intervene and have conversations with another bank which is the Union Bank of Switzerland where they were convincing them for them to buy Credit Suisse and they did so which saved Credit Suisse from collapsing Now, this wasn't a cheap purchase because the government actually had to back UBS the the Union Bank of Switzerland with some extra money for them to be able to do this because they they all had a vented interest in making sure that Credit Suisse didn't fall and as a result they had to buy Credit Suisse at a very cheap price more than it was worth because the internal management were not they didn't manage credit suites very well and the swiss government had to do this they had to act fast because they were trying to prevent a banking crisis from getting as much worse than it already was the only question that's not very clear is if people would actually get to trust these banks again seeing that they actually have asset mismanagement going on internally Unlike Europe, the US is a bit different because there are multiple big banks just like Silicon Valley Bank and the most recent was Signature Bank which also joined Silicon Valley in this crash and people were worried that multiple banks would actually begin to be affected as well just like a sickness. And to prevent this, the FDIC had to intervene again by giving out a bailout although they say it's not a bailout but it is a bailout where they use tax um, payers money to save a company or a bank that is in trouble now the because the government is saying that it's not a bailout because what they are really going to do is they will take the trust funds that the bank puts money into and use it to pay the clients back so the clients will get the money back but the banks will not get money back so what they are essentially saying is that people who invested in these banks have lost their money money the banks themselves have lost their money the executives running these banks will get fired so only the cl- the customers of these banks will get their money back however where things start to get interesting is that the government is telling these banks that they would have to pay them some extra money to cover up for this loss that they had gone through and the banks are supposedly claiming that they would have to use their clients money to pay the government back so the government is basically telling the bank to pay them the money that they are going to Used use to pay their clients, and the bank are deciding to charge their clients to pay the bank, to pay them back. So it's, it almost feels like a circle. At the end of the day, it's still the taxpayers that are going to be affected by this. And not surprisingly, the Federal Reserve just raised interest rates again by another 0.25%. They've been trying to slow down the economy and inflation by raising interest rates since the beginning of this year. But this banking chaos has actually done some of the work for them because, well, people are actually scared of going to go borrow money from banks because the interest rates are extremely high. It's almost at 6% now. Although it seems like it might hurt the economy because people wouldn't be borrowing money from the bank to buy things. So basically, local trade and international trade will slow down, money is not moving across anymore but in the long term, it's going to give enough time for things to calm down and then interest rate can reduce so people can actually begin to have you know, purchasing power once more. So for now, they are keeping interest rates as it is but they are currently discussing to see if they will be changing their mind in the near future to see if something can happen. Maybe they can change a couple of policies you know, that will be able to make things improve in the economy so let's see what their next move would be in the coming weeks and how it's actually going to affect us financially so this brings us to the end of the episode hope you got some value from this Um, please don't forget to rate us on spotify or if you're watching this on youtube like and subscribe and also share with a friend who you think might also get some value from this so until the next discussion take care and bye bye